Welcome to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. It's your host, Robert Hunt, where I look at the week's financial news that can be a bit confusing, misleading, and take you off course, and I help to make it actionable, understandable, and clear. What a week here. What a show. We've got a real zinger to lead us off. Headline, Biden's junk fee crackdown comes for retirement advice. Wall Street Journal article we're going to talk about. We're also going to look at this year's hottest investment and how it could end up costing you. What a teaser that is. And then we step into Robert's Corner, where I evaluate an advertisement I received this week for a mutual fund. And we learn how to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to the financial truths that we know. So let's start it off at the top. This article I found fascinating. Wall Street Journal and Turgeson, one of our favorites here at the show. I imagine we're one of her favorites. Regulators propose new protections for Americans who roll retirement savings into IRAs. Huh. IRAs being those individual retirement accounts. The U.S. Labor Department on Tuesday proposed that financial advisors, brokers, and insurance agents ding, 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 should be held to the fiduciary standard on rollover IRAs. Let's do some definitional work. So, there has been an ongoing regulatory saga about how do we protect the consumer from these junk fees. As you know, here at the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update, we're seeking to do that by way of education and empowerment. But the federal government has also decided they want to ensure that consumers aren't being taken advantage of. I think that's all to the good. I think it's all to the good. So when the civil magistrate does good and enforces the law appropriately and equal and just waiting is what I see, I, I like to say good job civil magistrate. Well done. Amidst the hall of horrors that many of their lawmaking escapades are, this stands out as a wonderful attempt at protecting the citizenry. Now, this stuff, I mean, if you want to spoke the hornet's nest, this is how you do it. So, what's at stake here? U.S. Department of Labor is saying, hey, in people's 401ks, there's something called a fiduciary standard. You may have heard that word, fiduciary. This obligation to act in the best interest of someone else. I think it usually means absolutely nothing. So when someone tells you, hey, I'm a fiduciary, that means I have to put your best interest first. In practice, what I've seen is it means almost nothing. It means maybe you can sue them a little easier if they do something really bad, but nah. In terms of the day-to-day -day advice you're receiving, receiving it from a fiduciary, it's I guess it's a little better than not. I'm a fiduciary, but I see people who work with fiduciaries, and it's an absolute minefield of terrible products. So what this ruling is seeking to do, this proposal, these new protections, they're saying in the 401k world, that's that paragraph in the IRS tax code that allows you to save money for retirement, there are certain rules that mean you can't really hose the customer, meaning the employee. They actually put the burden on the employer to ensure the employees aren't hosed with just terrible products, really expensive, high expense ratios, front loads, all the garbage that we can find. You can actually sue your employer. And people have been doing it. They've been suing employers saying, hey, 
I don't have any low-cost index funds in my plan. I, I, that's not right. And they've been prevailing in court. What's, what's been the result? Employers are now putting low-cost index funds in plans. When I first started doing this seven years ago, I'd find plans that were pretty awful. We really couldn't do a whole lot with them. We did the best we could. Nowadays, almost every single plan I see has a low-cost index option somewhere in it. Why is that? These people started getting sued and losing. And so that got all these employers saying, uh-oh, I think we're going to need to offer decent products. Oftentimes, the employer wasn't really thinking like that. They just partnered with a financial institution that offered garbage, and um, people are starting to figure it out that it's garbage. They're listening to this podcast. They're reading Bogle. They're reading Buffett. So this ruling, which is going to be fought tooth and nail by the industry, means when people roll their 401ks over to IRAs, those same standards of care in the 401k are going to apply to the IRA. <gasps> Uh-oh. Why is this scary for a lot of financial institutions and providers? Well, they don't get to roll out their awful products that make them lots of money. My words. Harsh words, to be sure, but my words. It's going to make it to where the low-cost index fund is actually what is going to flourish in this environment and not high-priced, high-expense ratios, load, kind of goofy private deals that are opaque where the consumer really doesn't know what they are charged for the product, which, oh, by the way, is the case for 99.999999% of consumers when they interact with financial institutions, unless they listen to this podcast and are steeled for the advertising. A little hot water there. It's hot water season here in Dallas. So what, what is the industry saying? Because you better believe there's pushback. Hey, 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 especially amongst the life insurance crowd. This is going to, and the article explains, it's going to take away the awards you get, the big steak dinners for making big commissions on people. What's wrong with the system? Class, what's wrong with this? When you purchase a product and don't know the price of it, that's what's wrong. And this isn't going to solve that, but it's going to move the needle further a little bit. What has been disheartening is the industry at large has sought to increase how opaque the pricing is for the consumer. And it has been the government at times and Vanguard at times and other providers at times who have fought against that. Vanguard was the one who really led with it and then the others followed suit. But I'll just give you an example. When you try to buy a product from Fidelity or Charles Schwab, one of their target date funds, do you know how hard it is to find it? The index low-cost fund versus the high-price target date fund? The language is almost identical. I have walked consumers through, and at the end of walking them through how to buy an index, which cost 0.08% versus one of their high-price target date funds, which cost 20 times that, they say, well, that was, that was going to be impossible. I was never going to find that on my own. And I look at them, I say, yeah. Yeah, that's by design. That's by design. So this side of the Garden of Eden, it is going to be a real challenge unless you have a guide who gets paid by the hour and you're listening to him right now to actually slice and dice through the myriad ways these companies seek to 
obfuscate their pricing, you got to either equip yourself to do it or know enough to hire someone to partner with you in doing this. So big, big picture, this is all to the good. I think we need to have this stuff in the courts. I think the more we shine light on this stuff, it'll disinfect the industry further. I, I, I think we are uh, naive if we think this is going to solve a whole lot, but I think it's incrementally good for the consumer. I think what is most important for the consumer is for them to equip themselves with the education necessary to actually counteract some of this stuff. But this is this is good, this junk-free crackdown. And the big thing the industry says, oh, well, then people are going to have less options because they're going to be a bunch of advisors who aren't going to want to work with these people. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be a bunch of sharks that don't want to eat these poor consumers, these poor guppy fish. Like, I think that argument's bizarre. These, these, these consumers are going to be just fine so long as you open a door for them that shows price transparency. When has when showing price transparency hurt the consumer? Show me the industry where <laughs> equipping people with the actual price they're paying has actually hurt them. And that's what some of the industry is saying. Well, we're not, we're not going to want to partner with these people because we're not going to be able to make as much money off them because it... Please. Please. So, take heart. Take heart. Changes are being made. They're not all bad. Things are moving forward. Shout on, pray on. We are gaining ground. So, next up, we've got an article by Eric Wallerstein. Uh, Wall Street Journal talking more about, and I want to bring this one up because it just talks more about these money market funds. So I think we kind of can't talk about this enough. I know I've, I've brought this up uh, in previous podcasts. I just think as interest rates are high and people are looking at cash alternatives, they're looking at ways to maximize yield, what they can get on their cash. Well, we need to be careful. We don't go whole hog on this thing. So this is the headline, how this year's hottest investment could end up costing you. Um, it was This article was updated October 31st, 2023, Halloween. And some of the great data this article shows, these articles are in the show notes if you want to look at it. It just shows how much people are rotating into money market funds right now. It's well, well above um, the 2008 recession where there's about four trillion we're approaching six trillion right now and so something to consider is that if you are you have to be parking money in money market funds for the right reasons there are plenty of times where it is advisable to park money in a money market fund it's because hey you're going to have it in cash anyway you need it in cash well let's not sit it in a checking account let's let's optimize it the, this article explains that vanguard is getting you 5.3 percent right now on your money market fund. And that is, as I see it, a no-risk investment. Now, there's a bunch of... This article talks about um, the breaking of the buck, as they call it, when that net asset value dips below one per share. I see that as a low, low, low possibility that a lot of reformations have been made as we celebrate a different reformation week. A lot of reformations have been made to ensure that doesn't happen again. And if these money market funds were to drop in value, it basically the end of the financial system. So I don't worry about that a lot. What I worry about are investors out of fear or market timing seeking to hang out 
in these money market funds and thinking, hey, this is where I'll be forever. Now, I think this is great for retirees. I think this is great for older folks. I even think this is great for younger folks who are parking cash for six months or a year or even two or three years in the right scenario. I think it's a dangerous thing to somehow think this is a long-term strategy. And there are great, the great data in this article shows the average annual returns from July 1981 through September 2023. And it shows me Vanguard money market fund is about mm, 3%. The U.S. bond market is about mm, 6.5%. The S&P 500 is about 11%. Now, that may not sound like a ton, but when you look at the cumulative return, you, you know, this power of compounding, the S&P 500 is up like from that same time frame, July 1981 through September 2023. The S&P 500 is up 3,300%. The bond market's up about 1,400%. This was like a great bond market era, by the way. And the Vanguard money market funds up. It's it's tough to see, but 200%, something like that. So, and this is this this appears to be um, before inflation. So, I just think whenever you're thinking about cash, you, you've got to have a clear vision for when you're going to use it, why you're going to use it. And I don't recommend it as this long-term young person. We're going to hang out in here and wait for the market to kind of settle for us, right? That smells of market timing because it is market timing. Okay, market timing by any other name is still market timing. So be willing to use it appropriately, you bet. Um, store cash there. It's a wonderful to earn 5.3%. It actually is meaningful for a lot of individuals, uh, families, and institutions. But beware when you go back and look at those charts on just what the cumulative return was from 81 to present in those various asset classes, stocks, bonds, and money market, you'll see, eh, you don't want to hang out in money market forever unless, of course, you've got a good reason for it. And I think retirees have a wonderful reason for it. And I think folks that are holding cash temporarily have a wonderful reason for it. So, okay, welcome to Robert's Corner. As we close, we get to look at a financial advertisement I received. Now, I receive a lot of these throughout the week. If I were to show you everyone, that's all we'd talk about is the tsunami of advertisements. But this one I got from Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side, right? Not a sponsored uh, podcast, and you're about to find out why in about two seconds. So the Nationwide WCM Focus Small Cap Fund, tickered in WGSX, this advertisement came in. It's got an overall Morningstar rating of four stars. Wow. The advertisement reads, small caps go for high quality. The advertisement says in Nationwide's Insight paper, Why Quality Matters in Small Caps, portfolio manager John Detter explains how building a portfolio of high quality businesses gives funds like the Nationwide WCM focused small cap fund NWGSX a competitive advantage. He also shares why it's important for small cap investors to be cautious of lower quality businesses that struggle to manage their debt levels during turbulent times. And then it gives you a link. Read more here about John's insights. Okay, seasoned listener who's been with us on this journey for many years. What part of that advertisement is an outright lie? Can you think about it? Oftentimes, it's implicit rather than explicit. They do, in fact, have a four-star Morningstar rating. That's not a lie. But the implicit 
white lie, perhaps we could call, is, well, what does that mean? Do you all know what the Morningstar rating system means? Have you ever heard this? I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to sit down in your chair for this one. The Morningstar rating reading means nothing. That's right, it actually means nothing. There was a, a study done, I think a lawsuit, probably push the study to be done. Hey, what, what does that mean when they rate these things? What does that mean to the consumer? Morningstar had to issue a disclaimer saying, hey, all this stuff, it means nothing. So this is coming from Morningstar. They said, oh yeah, by the way, this is nothing. It's nothing. And yet it is the main thing I see. So when you look back and you, you're you um, hesitant to compliment President Joe Biden on his crackdown on junk fees, just realize the industry is not reforming itself. It's not happening. Sometimes, in order for reformation to occur, you've got to nail things on doors. Sometimes you've got to write laws. What the industry is doing is hanging on tooth and nail to their white lies. So when I see this advertisement, the biggest thing I see is four stars, go for high quality, and then a bunch of language that is not in alignment with the truth. How so? What John Detter's not talking about is what percentage of small cap funds in the aggregate fail to beat their index. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors about only buy the high quality businesses. Not the, Don't buy the bad businesses, buy the good businesses. You heard that before? Oh, no, we don't, we don't pick the bad stocks. We, we focus on those good stocks. Oh, well, what a relief. So glad. But why is that a bit of a white lie? The stock market is pricing those stocks appropriately. So yeah, the good stocks are priced high, however you define good. Usually that means optimal growth prospects and strong balance sheets. And the ones when he says, oh, don't pick the ones with bad balance sheets. Well, yeah, the stock market's already pricing those low. Like you and everybody else knows that. But for the consumer that's not steeled in their understanding of investing, these advertisements eventually get you. Because you've they—they—they're pretty good at advertising. They know what to do. I'm not immune to it either. I've got to really be sharp and say, "Hold on, hold on, hold on." It's easy on these public um, funds because we have great data from the SPIVA report, uh, and just to shine a light on it and say, "Yep, yeah, that didn't work." It, it can be harder and more um, less data-driven investing arenas. It can be harder. So, but here you've got to look at this and say, "Oh, wow." This, the whole advertisement sits on a throne of lies. That's a, that's a movie reference as I'm ready for Christmas. Halloween's done. I'm already ready for Christmas. That's Elf, right? Remember he goes up to the Santa. He was dressed as a Santa. Young listeners. You know what I'm talking about. And Elf says you sit on a throne of lies. Well, nationwide, you sit on a throne of lies. But what's the truth? Got to keep those costs low. Got to keep that investing simple. Got to keep that time horizon long. That's what's going to give you the best shot. Mm-hmm.